This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Well, welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. This is podcast number something, something and something. It is an absolute privilege to be with my friend Tom O'Toole. Uh, my name is Tim Simmons. We're both from Christchurch, Manchester. We both talk on this podcast lots. And today I want us to talk about a very specific thing uh, that actually came from one of our listeners. This is a listener question, which is our way of just letting all of you listeners know that you're not the only one. There is more than one of you. So thank you very much to our multiplicity of listeners. Now, but this was a question about authority. And uh, the, the guy I was talking to at the time said, Tim, um, you need to talk about authority, what it is to have authority. And he's uh, the pastor of a church. And we talked about it a little bit, just this idea of what it means in the modern world, in a church context, to have authority, how that is uh, real and true and safe and good and all of those things. And so me and Tom had a little chat about it. We thought, yeah, OK, let's this is a very interesting I suspect quite timely uh, thing to discuss. Um, so uh, just I'll start talking, Tom, and then you just chip in as and when you feel ready. <clears throat> but I think we would probably agree authority in the modern world is um, is a hugely moving target. So I'd say uh, just to start us off, British culture, definitely uh, I'm a white middle class man. So I definitely experience this in uh, British culture, but I suspect that it, it, it varies within uh, class and within ethnicity as well, uh, possibly within in gender too. So it's worth just saying that at the beginning. Um, but I, I think as a nation that we are, uh, we like, we we are authoritative by nature, by nature. So as in we, we are hierarchical, that's the words, um, but we pretend that we are not hierarchical. So we we like the idea that uh, we are completely equal, um, but actually we look to authority figures a lot. Now, that I think those authority figures have shifted and moved. Um, so, for example, a doctor, right? Maybe 40 years ago, uh, your doctor, your kind of family GP would have been an authority in your life. But now that doctor competes with Google. <laughs> for kind of even for medical authority um so i think authority has changed i think we see that in how we talk about our politicians um how we talk about our church leaders uh i think the internet has changed how we access authority and what who we allow to have authority over us so in a church context it, it would be quite easy in fact i'm sure many people do it to listen to a pastor you like for your preach and a worship group that you like for your worship and you place yourself under their authority and um, more perhaps than you would the church that you go to your local church so that they, they have formative and, and influencing um uh, over you do, do you agree with that concept first of all tom that authority is is shifting and changing and harder to pin down I definitely agree with that. As you were talking, I was thinking about myself, firstly, just as a member of society and how I interact with authority. And I, I do tend to get a bit um, 
suspicious or skeptical when someone seems to be getting a bit too big for their boots, when someone tries to tell me what to do. It, it bristles against me often. Um, and so I'm exactly the kind of person you were talking about who who likes to pretend that I'm, I don't want authority, I don't want a hierarchical world. Until I experience that, until until I see a bit of chaos, until I see the school gates and there's no warden there saying like, okay, form a queue, go through in this order. When it's a free-for-all, I hate it. I want someone to impose a bit of structure and rigidity onto what we do because I, I know that the world works better when good authority is in place. And um, then you watch the news and you read all sorts about bad authority in place. And uh, I mean, world events show what can happen with authoritarian leaders going um, in, in bad directions, going in ways that are destructive to other people. We know that can happen in church settings as well. Um, we've seen extreme examples of abuse of authority, but also on, on low levels when uh, leaders are not overstepping certain bounds, but still the dynamic can cannot engender trust sometimes. Um, other times it can be done really well uh, and create trust and flow and everyone works together well. Um, and you, you're right about the Google thing. It's, it's easy to find an authority that will tell me what I already think um, because there are so many options out there, which um, I think the Bible talks about it, doesn't it? Uh, uh, those who find teachers what their itching ears want to hear. And the internet makes that easy. But if I'm looking for a teacher who will tell me what I already agree with, then maybe that's me trying to be my own authority rather than submit to anyone in the end. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Our uh, our consumerism has reached into our, our need for authority as well, hasn't it? And our individualism. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I think it's important to talk about this uh, a little bit. Um, I think my friend, when he was asking me, he would have listened to the very famous podcast about Mars Hill, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, and yep. would have reflected on that way. Then um, I think through the pandemic and since we've seen numbers of church leaders um, for a variety of different reasons have had to step down. But all of them, it seems in one way or another, authority was misused. Um, and I think there are just loads of ways to think about that and look at that and uh, why the church has allowed them to have authority, how they were able to take authority, how they kept it. There's just so much stuff that is beyond my level of expertise. And I wouldn't even try to pretend that I knew what I was talking about on that stuff. But as we've, as I've thought about this, for me, it feels like it, this is a podcast for, for church leaders, for church planters to help them kind of think about how, how to be better, how to run churches that grow where people get saved and um, that are healthy, good places for people to grow in. And the, the kind of lines of authority that I've been thinking about is pastor to congregation or that sounds like the pastors on their own could be leadership team to congregation or team of elders, however you your church runs to, to congregation, the people of your church. Then congregation to content. I think that is a line of authority. Um, which feels very modern because there's so much content. But, you know, 40 years ago, pre-internet, there were still books, so I hear, and written by pastors, so I hear. So pe people have always been consuming um, kind of content and allowing it to have formation and authority over them um, outside of their church life. So there's there's that line. And then there's kind of pastoral leadership team to 
network or denomination. They they feel like they're the lines of authority <clears throat> that perhaps are most relevant for us to think about. Do you, do you think I've I've missed any there, Tom? Um, I, I think they're a good set to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Um, of course, there are other authorities in life wider than the church, but I think if, if we keep the conversation quite tightly focused on those three, it makes sense to me. Yeah, very good. So I guess the, to think a little bit about the nature of authority, perhaps we tell ourselves a lot about our attitude towards it when we think about how it gets to exist in the first place. So is it taken? You, uh, does somebody else give it to you? Does like a third party give you authority to lead a church? Or does the church allow you to have authority? That's where. It, so where does that, where does the authority itself come from? How does it appear there? Uh, so it depends if you want to call God a third party, I guess. <laughs> um, but I think we've got to start there when we're talking about authority, because if we don't, then it's human beings try to organise themselves and figure out who to who gets to be in charge. And if we remember the Great Commission, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples, teach them, baptise them, and all of that stuff. So if authority is a thing that Jesus has all of it, and then Jesus has given the Holy Spirit to the church, then... Anyone exercising authority in the church, that has to be a, a spiritual thing going on. And um, I've always thought that authority is something that is recognised rather than appointed. So when we do eldership, uh, new, new elders coming onto the team, we're not looking for people who we think might be able to start doing a certain function, therefore we'll pray them in as elders and hope that it happens. What we're doing is looking for who who's the Holy Spirit rested on, who's received in this way amongst this community anyway. And, and so that, there has to be that spiritual thing happening. There also has to be the thing that uh, the other people in the congregation are recognising that the spiritual thing is happening. Because if I was to just say, yeah, the Holy Spirit's given me authority, I'm in charge now, and nobody else saw that, then you'd ask some serious questions about whether I'm really truly sensing what the Spirit's doing or whether I'm just off on one. Uh, but for a community together to recognise, yeah, the Holy Spirit is working some authority through this person, okay, we can receive that, not because it's that person, but because... This is something that we recognise God doing. Therefore, we'll recognise and receive some authority from that person. That, to me, has always been how I've understood it. More than external denominations or outside authorities just say, yeah, this person gets to be an authority over you lot, whether you like it or not, whether you see God in it or not, tough. It's just happening. Is that how you've always seen it as well? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <clears throat> I think... Um... Like if we were to take a, a a church plant from its earliest kind of formation, which is perhaps, you know, a, a very small group of people who have a desire to plant. Um, almost every time there is one person in that who is the, the, everybody says oh, they're, they're going to lead this church plant. Um, and uh, and then authority is is earned and given as the thing grows. Uh, and there is. So, yeah, the third party is God. It made me think, actually, because I was thinking about it in terms of triangle, but actually I think there, there are four points to this. 
in that um that you know the the leaders themselves have a, a there is a sense of authority the the congregation has to endorse and give them that authority and has to has to be happy with it um and that that involves everybody hearing from god and then uh, for me there needs to be um an outside uh, voice of wisdom i can't think of a better way we would say maybe someone who has an apostolic gifting but that's quite dramatic it maybe it's just someone who's a much more experienced church pastor who's been around the block and planted churches and who can who is also in that as well uh, and i think collectively as a community you hear god together about okay this is this is um this is the point of authority in this um so yeah i think that, that would be good and then i within that I, I as you were talking i was thinking well authority is a very grand word what am i allowing them to have authority what am i allowing them to tell me to do and it, does that make so i remember years ago in a youth group years ago there was a little discussion i think it was the sort of thing some youth leader who couldn't think of anything else to do on that particular evening but tried to have a conversation about uh i think it was about respecting our leaders which is a terrible yeah. thing to do in a youth group um but somebody saying, look, should like we the church, our church leaders have authority. They're, they're in charge. Uh, can they allow us to change our wallpaper? <laughs> and all the youth group being like, what? I, I mean, none of us had any control over wallpaper in our own houses as it was. But that, that kind of what level of influence do they have over our lives? And um, uh, so I think uh, authority over what what does it actually do? So and when I've thought about this and when we've talked before, Tom, uh, we talked about Ephesians 4, like to uh, the, the uh, now I'm going to forget what Ephesians 4 says. The apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers uh, in order to equip. So um, an authority can we we think of it. And this is probably our the, the kind of our Western individualistic reaction against it is it's people telling me to do things. And sometimes they'll tell me to do things I don't want to do. Um, that's my and then we react against authority, whereas we are looking at um, a biblical version, which is authority creates a context where people can thrive, flourish and come through that. Would you say that was fair? I would say that's entirely fair. Yeah, um, a slight sidetrack, but Colin Barron has been trying to get me to change my wallpaper for years, uh, and I still haven't done it yet. So I don't know what that says about me and my attitude to authority, but but there we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right on um, Ephesians four being such a, a key verse because I, I think sometimes we read it and make it say something that it's not saying, which is. There are apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. They get to be in charge. They get to do all the ministry. Everyone else has to watch them do it, nod along, agree, say amen once in a while, and then the church will work, which is exactly the opposite of what Ephesians is all about. It's about the churches, the, the one new man, the body of Christ, everybody having a part to play. And those particular roles, it, it says there then to equip the saints to do the works of ministry. So who actually does the stuff? It's the saints. And then the people who have those particular roles, their whole purpose is equipping the saints. So if someone's an evangelist, their purpose isn't, I'm going to do all the evangelism for the church. It's, I'm going to help the church grow in evangelism and help everybody be able to share their faith and reach their friends. And someone who's a teacher is not, I'm going to be the only one who tells you what the Bible says. It's, I'm going to 
help the church understand the Bible well, help the church be able to explain the Bible well, that we have community groups that um, that are discussing the Bible. We have loads of people equipped to preach on Sundays. We have loads of people equipped one-on-one to share with other people. Prophets as well. It's not just I have a word. It's I'm going to teach you all. I'm going to help you all learn how to hear from God. And so seeing what's been taught in that verse helps us understand something, I think, about the biblical nature of authority, because authority isn't about me getting to do stuff for you or to you. It's me being given a responsibility to help you do stuff, which involves servant-heartedness, it involves sacrifices. It's the leadership Jesus taught, isn't it? Like the Gentiles lord it over you, but I've come to serve. The Son of Man is laying down his life as a ransom for many. This is Jesus-style leadership, is laying himself down to build others up. And authority is all about that. When we talk about it in um, specific relationships, uh, and it's quite a hot potato one about uh, marriage and submission, I don't want to get into all that today, but that's talked about, and parents and children, and uh, masters and slaves are discussed in the Bible, and all sorts of different relationships. But whatever they're taught into, it's never about lording it over. It's never about high position. It's never about getting your own way. It's always about how can you love, how can you equip, how can you serve. You have authority to to lay yourself down and to bless and raise others up. And I think that's the nub of biblical authority. And when church leaders, going back to where you were a few minutes ago, get in trouble, whether it's um, you know pride, money, sex, whatever stuff is causing them to fall, it tends to be this picture of authority has gone totally off whack. It's become about building themselves up as a person, as a, as a leader, as someone who's looked at and respected and on a stage. And when we get that, I don't think we help the leader. I think we've we've set them up for a fall, really. I don't think we help the congregation either because we encourage lukewarm passivity rather than a vibrant, every member of the church being priesthood of all believers. You use the phrase a band with no divas, and I think that's a great description of the church. Yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, that's very good. I mean, I think I've got loads of questions in it. So the, the Ephesians 4 thing, I think you're absolutely right, is a is a key description and of uh, the, how authority should work and how it, how it should look. The results it should achieve is it creates more and more apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers. It creates more and more people who are able to live the kingdom out in their, in their work, in their families and uh, all of those things. So that, that's how authority should work. And I, I guess um, there are a couple of questions in it, really, in that, there is a role to be had, which so I think we misunderstand authority, um, and it becomes the the congregation becomes passive in it. So you think a new person joins a church, relatively established church, relatively established leaders, um, and what is in their mindset? I come in and I'm part of this church, and I'm now uh, under the authority of this church, or something. They may not use those language. I, I've heard people talk about I'm now under the teaching of this pastor, which I just just drives me mad, but. There's a, you, you kind of put yourself in um, and it, but actually authority is hugely active. So being 
under authority or, or saying, yes, I submit to their authority, whatever it might be, or I, I choose to allow them to have authority is actually a very, very active thing. And it is, if we think Ephesians 4, I'm going to help that person to build a context where we can thrive and the kingdom of God advances and grows. Um, and so if, we, if you go off the picture of Jesus as the servant leader, then we are also the servant parishioners, <laughs> congregants, whatever it might be. That, so it, there is a the authority. It's, it, it can't be just imposed and received. It has to be actively taken part in, doesn't it? It's a, it feels very much a, a two way street that you, uh, it doesn't work, actually becomes sinful if you are if one looks to dominate and one submits in passivity. Do you think that's fair? I think it's absolutely fair. Again, those pairs of descriptions that Paul gives of husbands and wives and parents and kids and masters and slaves, on none of them does he address one part and not the other part. Every time he's speaking, this is a relationship and you both have a part to play and you live out this dynamic through the way you interact with one another, through the way you honour one another, through the way submission works out with each other. It's all starting with that submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That applies to everyone in, in the church. So even leaders in the church submit into their congregation as the congregation submits to them. It's all a, a fully meshed together dynamic that, it's not always symmetrical. The, the way submission looks like can be different, but it has to be there. It can't be that the leader is a, a law unto themselves and everyone else does what they say. Um, I, I think you, you said something earlier about the earned nature of authority. Uh, I think this is really important to think about, that very few people, fewer than before, will receive someone's authority on the basis of their title uh, just because someone has a role. And sometimes leaders can think, well, because I'm the leader and I've said this, everyone will get it, everyone will buy into it, everyone will do it. It doesn't usually work like that. And leadership based on relationship takes a long time. Having people round your house, having uh, lots of time just working through people's questions, doubts, they're getting to know you, they're getting to trust you because you see a, a leader at a distance and they might be great on, on, on a stage, you might be able to preach a cracking sermon, write a great blog, but that's all you know about them. You don't know what they're like when they're under pressure, you don't know how they handle their money, you don't know if they're quick-tempered when someone winds them up, you don't know if they're They've just got no time for people who are needy and at the bottom of the heap. You don't see that. So how how do you know if you can trust that person as a genuine authority who's following Christ and is imitable? But through walking with someone and through relationship, then some of the defences come down and you start to see, yeah, this person, of course they're not perfect, but I know they're the real deal and I know they are genuinely try to walk with Jesus and that trust I think it it I've heard it compared to like oil that uh, just the, the gears of the relationship they work better with that oil of trust there and if that's not there it, it could be quite a difficult thing um, which then speaks into the model of church quite a lot because if you're a senior leader and you've got a church of 800 people that you're leading 
you can't do it for everyone. You, you don't have time and space. And so how do you build in the mechanisms of trust? And I guess there's a team around you who, who are trusted and some of that trust is lent through other people and then it's a step removed. It's a difficult thing based on what model a church operates on. And again, it can cause people asking for for more authority than they've relationally earned and, again, potentially can cause difficulties along the way. Yeah, very good. Trust does seem a key dynamic in it. Um, and I, I think it begin when fear comes in, actually, fear of the leader or f- the leader's fear of his congregation um, or, or how they'll react to stuff. And uh, when that when it becomes like that, it can become authority can go wrong very quickly um, <clears throat> when insecurity comes in um, as well. Authority then can become. I don't even know if it's authority's fault, but people start hurting each other when it gets like that, um, which, yeah, is always very sad. So we thought about the pastor kind of to the congregation. We talked a little bit as well about the, the congregation back at the kind of leadership team and the importance of that dynamic. I think as well, there's something to be thought about with, and I, I would know numbers of pastors I would talk to would be frustrated, would find this difficult. Um, sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly, but the idea that uh, their their congregation will consume uh, content from other churches and other pastors, and that will be forming them um, in, un- yeah, just would be forming them outside of church community and church life, um, which I, I mean, you're fighting the tide if you try and change that. Um, but there is something there, actually, a responsibility for all of us to think about, actually, what do we do we allow ourselves to things to have authority over us in isolation and those things to not be people, at least not people that we know that they are podcasts or books or whatever. And and I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to podcasts or books, but but we should, um, we should definitely understand our context better and approach it with perhaps some more humility. Um, I know I found that a challenge myself. What, What do you think about that, Tom? Yeah, I think, I think you're onto something. Obviously, there's an irony to doing a podcast about all this stuff. But um, yeah, when I was a, a younger, aspiring Christian leader, I was one of the many people, I guess, who would listen to, to Mark Driscoll every week. I'd be um, really handling that in a very unfair way to, to the leaders of my church at the time. I'd... Um, I'd get a bit frustrated why my leaders weren't as good at preaching as what I was listening to, uh, why they weren't talking about the same stuff. I'd get a bit judgmental and um, and perhaps even take on some of the um, stuff that's been exposed in that Rising 4 podcast you talked about and uh, a bit too quick to anger, a bit too quick to judge and uh, really wasn't very helpful in my local church as a result of the fact that I've taken some other authority and given it a higher place than the people I actually knew and was actually walking with in relationship. Um, and, and I suspect that today it's probably different places people go in and different things they're listening to, but it's the same thing, isn't it? They're being led from a distance by a celebrity, um, which I think is part of what... Um, Paul's getting at in Corinthians when he's 
rebuking them. So you say, look, some of you are saying, I follow Paul. Some of you are saying, I, I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. You know, you've got your, your favorite celebrity leaders. Some of them have been around in the city. Some haven't been around, but you from a distance, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're my person. But the digital revolution has made it so much easier. Uh, we can get all of the teaching. But we've never been created to be discipled by content. It wasn't uh, the, the Great Commission wasn't, um, you know, make disciples of all nations and give them a good sermon and a few worship songs once a week. That that was never the commission. But it's actually teaching them to obey, which involves life on life authority. So uh, I think these things, they, of course, they can be helpful to to listen to some uh, teaching from other places, to grow in knowledge. It's a good thing to do. I try and be a bit more careful now. I've learned the lessons of my younger days when I'd go to one place or one or two places. Try and be a bit wider now in what I read, what I listen to. I have a whole variety of sources that I, I know they can be helpful. I know they can input but I'm still bringing it to my local churches. That's the primary place where authority is. It, it can perhaps spark some interesting conversations. If an idea from a talk that I've listened to gets my brain going, then, hey, we can chat about it and see what we think and what we want to apply. But the responsibility has got to be local, in, in my view anyway. Um, yeah. place of high consumption with and authority has been brought into that um so i mean I'm, you, your experience would be similar to mine with the, the driscoll stuff for sure um but there i think there is a confusion between quality something that's looks and sounds good with actually being um having authority over you or or being good for you or um or helping you to build that Ephesians 4 thing. So you kind of put yourself under something which, which actually isn't very real. And and there are some fantastic preachers out there uh, today who are on their podcast. They sound like good preachers. And I'm sure they are good humans and good church leaders as well. And there is stuff that I can for sure and lots of us can learn from. But it, we can't confuse that with, with the reality of what it is to be a disciple in community in the city, the town that you're part of. And I think we do. And I think it, it's so con consumptive that we we lose the discipleship element of church life, the, um, the, the community driving element of it. I, I was sat at a wedding with um, some people a few weeks ago and they're from a, a church in another city in the UK. And they made a comment about another church further down south, which is big by UK standards, would be knocking towards mega church, um, in, at least in UK standards. And um, and that they just made a throwaway comment, and they said, "Oh, they're part of the Exodus moving to that particular town to join that church." Uh, and I thought it was a really interesting. And actually, I know the church, and I know that that's what they've experienced. They've experienced people just turning up in town who have consumed their content. Because this church has some fantastic preachers, some great stuff going on, and, and I respect them. Um, but people have decided, actually, I'm going to go there because this teaching, this content is really good. And I know when they've got there, some of these people have then got there and realised, I, I can't know these people because this church is too big. It's a, And it's a mad kind of real consumeristic, individualistic mentality, which isn't isn't real and true. 
uh, and means that most pastors on the planet, and I would include myself in this, who uh, their churches are not going to get to that level in terms of number, um, but are equally as valuable, um, are not going to be able to produce the content or quality of teaching or anything like that. But over years, uh, will serve hard and diligently and do the best they can. That is as valuable as the, the high flyers who are, are more gifted. Um, and, and I think we confu- we get confused and we we um, about where authority is and what it is and confuse it with quality uh, and shininess. Um, and I think actually as a, I think as members of churches, as as Christians who are part of churches, we need to own up to our responsibility in that we sometimes give authority to people who don't deserve it um and not because they're necessarily doing anything wrong but they're not part of our community they don't just they don't they have no right to for us to give them that influence over ourselves um and it's uh i think it's something that we we should all think about quite carefully actually i think it's a yeah yeah i think you just use the word influence and that's the big trend in the the world, isn't it? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an influencer. And I'm not quite sure what it means other than you put a few social media posts up with various sponsored items of clothing that you're wearing and get hundreds of likes and followers. Um, but we can take that influencer model and uncritically just assume that that's what authority in the church should be like that it's about getting eyes it's about getting likes getting shares and none of that really is close to the heart of what biblical authority is all about and yet it has crept in in a big way and as you say it's individualistic it's consumeristic it's all the stuff that when you were interviewing dave devonish and he was highlighting some of the challenges we face all of that feeds into this it's it's a huge thing um and the willingness to, back to Ephesians 4, faithfully, quietly, often unfamously, I'm going to get a few people around, I'm going to equip them, I'm going to teach them how to teach, I'm going to teach them how to prophesy, teach them how to care for others, teach them how to do the works of ministry, see them doing it with their friends, maybe get a new site or a new little church plant started somewhere, send a few people out to start that, keep faithfully praying for stuff. That's the work of ministry, and that's what we're called to do. And the more we're all stepping into that and getting a right authority worked out in small-scale local ways, rather than going for the big influencer model, I suspect we'll see the the church growing and thriving in in many places. Yeah. No, I think that's fascinating. And I think we it's pretty easy to blame the influencer on this, isn't it? To say, well, that person is doing it, but they wouldn't exist without the without people looking to follow and looking for the shiny thing. And I that that I think we see that in the Christian world um far too easily. Uh, but particularly with the uh, the uh, some of our American brothers and sisters pastors, just because their their church world is so much bigger than ours, it's easy for them to get uh, you know twenty thousand followers or whatever, even more, and they look like much more important than they actually are. Um, and we we just lo- we lose, I think we lose our sense of what of what's right and of what real authority is and uh, the influence it has over our lives. And I, yeah, I think it's um, pretty dangerous actually in church life. Um, just because it is, it's very pacifying 
and um and yeah it just takes us out of building that ephesians 4 context in where we actually can it just leads leads us consuming uh, with no real purpose so uh, well that there's a, a pretty interesting we could go on for ages about this and get me ranting about american pastors with big instagram following and that this podcast will never end but uh, we'll best not do that um so i think that just a fascinating conversation actually about authority and i think from a from being a pastor, being a church leader, maybe being a church planter, from that point of view, really thinking carefully, how do you how do you um, partner with your church and with the Holy Spirit in there being authority? And I guess the thing we haven't talked about is maybe that uh, as the church does that successfully, as the group of people, and it creates that um, Ephesians four context, then some authority is gained in the town and city that you are in because you're a good growing church which loves God and is looking to live life in that way and that has a that has an influence outside of yourself in your town in the 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 lives of your colleagues your neighbors your family your friends whoever it might be in the the city you have so i get that that's the other side of authority we haven't talked about i guess but thinking about how you work with your congregation and us as as people in a church as well as congregants how we actually allow ourselves to give authority in the right place and what we allow to have authority over our our uh, over our faith and over our life but um yeah i think that's a pretty good uh, discussion tom i think we'll leave it there thank you very much for listening uh, you can find loads more content on the the broadcast network.org uh, as well as uh, a conference that we have coming up soon so you should absolutely book into that conference and if I have any authority from this uh, disembodied voice on a podcast talking to you, then you should absolutely sign up to that. So thank you very much for your time and we'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Bye bye.